Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to the Old Time Power broadcast this week. We're thrilled and delighted to be coming into your hearts, lives, and homes once again with the Word of God. I have, I live to share the Word of God with the church. Amen? And um, I want to talk to you briefly, just kind of a, a few announcement type things, and uh, it's a little bit of a different start to today's program. Today we are deviating from the Book of Revelation series, and we are airing another message. Uh, it's actually a television audio from about 10 or 11 years ago. I'm not exactly sure uh, what year it was, but it's old enough to where uh, there were two parts to this, and we could only save one. But it will stand on its own. So that'll be a, a, a message on the Jewish people in prophecy. So it's we're deviating from Revelation for a minute, but it's still on Bible prophecy. Now my plan is next week to post Revelation 8 and 9, and then the week after that to do a book review of sorts of Tom's uh, Tom Horn's Wormwood Prophecy, uh, which is in a couple of months from now is going to be the partner book for that month. And I'm going to do, I'm going to kind of tie some thoughts together and, and just give you a taste of what he's saying. And uh, I think it'll be an interesting program, at least I hope so. And then after that, we're going to uh, probably deviate from Revelation again. And it will not be on Bible prophecy for that particular week. Uh, it'll be another message uh, of another topic altogether because we need to study all of the Word of God. And we need to be well-rounded in that. And so from time to time, I'm, I'm, I deviate from whatever series I'm in. And I throw up a message on another subject so that we can keep going forward in our study of the Word and not just get bogged down in one area. Because if you want to grow correctly, and those of you that have children understand that if you, if you only, I mean, if you let them eat only what they like. <laughs> well, you're going to have a malnourished kid on your hands. But I'll tell you what it would be. It would be cake and pie and cookies and ice cream and fried chicken, you know. So <laughs> we need it all. And some of it we like better than others, maybe. And that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. But we need to look at every Bible subject and give it the... the uh, the best opportunity for the Holy Spirit to speak to people's hearts in that area as we can. And um, there are some series that we're working on this year. Some of it's going to be pretty strong. Uh, we're working on a series entitled The Christian and Alcohol. Uh, many people will probably get upset with Brother Paxton uh, during that series, but I believe it's from the Word of God anyway, and so I'm going to teach it. Uh, the Holy Spirit has asked me to teach it. We have a real problem in that area amongst believers today. And it wasn't so much that way a few years ago. But you see, Satan has introduced his deceptions into the church. And the Lord is calling us and many, 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 many others out there to speak out against exposing these deceptions that Satan is presenting to believers. Another subject that we're going to deal with, a whole series on the local church and why it's vital to Christian growth. And that's going to be a very, very interesting study. 
we're working on that right now. And, and, and another series that we're going to talk about this year at some point will be we're going to take a look at the real faith of the Bible versus perverted faith. Uh, in some of the movements that are out there today. And I'm not going to get into that right now. I'm going to leave that right, right there. But we will be teaching on that in just the very near future. And, and then, of course, there will be times when we will have other messages on Bible prophecy coming up as well. So thank you for tuning in. We've been getting a lot of playtime lately. And uh, most of it, oddly enough, has been on my sermon series on prayer. And every year for the last three years, I've done at least two series on prayer, and this year will be no exception. Uh, the Lord has instructed us to, to preach about prayer and to call to stand with our fathers in the faith and those of us who are over us in the Lord and issue a call to this end-time generation to pray, to intercede, to fast, to believe God, to learn to trust God. And the Bible says this, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so that's why we need to study trust. We need to study faith. We need to study prayer in all Bible subjects. And so we're looking forward to having a great time, 2020 and beyond, as long as the Lord does tarry. Amen. One of the questions that I've been getting a lot lately is about the leadership change that has been announced at Times Square Church. And, and because many people who have followed my ministry over the years and who know us and who are in our meetings know that we really try to hook up as often as we can with Times Square Church. They have always been uh, people who have spoken to my life. I don't think anybody really honestly, if I'm going to be honest, and we don't worship men, but we give credit where credit is due. I really don't think anybody has made the impact in my life like Pastor Carter has over the years. Uh, there were some that were making tremendous impacts in my life for a season. But constantly, consistently over the years, Pastor Carter, Sister Teresa, uh, Pastor David Wilkerson, uh, Pastor David Ham, William Carroll, Ben Crandall, I could go on and on, Neil Rhodes, and, and Pastor Tim Delina, who is the new senior pastor at Times Square Church, uh, have spoken into our lives and helped us to be better Christians first. And secondly, help, helped us to deal with issues faced in the ministry and, and also helped us to stay on course and make sure that what we're saying, uh, we can say it in the right way and that we're teaching God's actual heart in what we're saying. And see, everything I teach, there's a lot of reasons I don't back down from it because one of them is I put a lot of hours into Bible study. A lot of hours. And another reason is because I run it by people who are over me in the Lord. Okay? And so we're going to really talk about that when we get to the series on the vital importance of the local church. And um, I'm not going to get into that right now, but that's coming. And you'll want to hear that series because some of the, the things will surprise you and it will help you to understand some things in a better light, I would quickly add, than maybe we do today. Because we, we, we see people today kind of planting themselves 
when in reality God wants to plant you and he's not always going to plant you where you think you should be planted. Let me just leave it there and I'll explain it more when we teach on it. But anyway, these men of God and women of God from Times Square Church have blessed us over the years as possibly no other. And people have written in and asked me, you know, <clears throat> are you going to support the new pastor? And and, and absolutely, 100%. I, I know Tim. I met him. I don't know him well. But uh, I've listened to him for years, and I love the Word of God that God brings out through this brother's life. So Pastor Carter announced that he is stepping down as senior pastor he is taking on a new call of God, and he is transitioning his role at Times Square Church. And so the best I understand it is, Pastor Carter is trans, uh, uh, he is uh, trans transitioning his role as senior pastor, and he's now going to become the president of the board and the general overseer over all of Times Square uh, Church ministries and outreaches. He said with his own mouth when he announced it that he will still speak sometimes when he's asked to speak. And also, he is going to go, this new call of God that's on his life is to hold pastors' conferences and prayer conferences around the world and in the United States, as well as work on more books. And all the proceeds from Pastor Carter's books go to the Carter Conlon Compassion Fund. And out of that fund, they've done things like give blankets to the homeless, give food to the hungry, both in New York City and across America in other locations and overseas as well through Child Cry and other ministries. And Pastor's going to continue doing all of that. He's going to continue his uh, weekly radio programming a call to the nation that is aired all across America right now. And so Pastor Carter's still going to be at Times Square Church, and whenever possible, when he's not traveling, he will be there. But he's going to be busy, busy, busy. And I've already seen this in my heart. I don't know the details, okay? Let me be clear about that. I don't know any of the details. But I've seen in my heart, and Pastor has uh, spoke of some things that's coming up, Enough for me to know that he's going to be tremendously busy around the world preaching the gospel. So it's a new day, a new season in pastor's life, and we're excited for him. And Angie and I are going to continue to support whatever Pastor Carter is doing, as well as uh, the new pastor, Tim Delina, and the uh, church budget and the, all of the ministries there that we give to, we're going to continue to give just like we have for years. And uh, from time to time, Angie and I have done fundraisers for ministries of Times Square Church and other churches and even local churches, which are, I'll tell you, the most important church in, in the country is each and every local church in each and every town and each and every state all across America. That's a very important ministry. And... Uh, we are going to continue to support Times Square and all the others that we have been supporting as well. So in answer to your question, no, nothing's changing for us. And also, uh, we are 100% behind Pastor Carter and his new adventures. 
in God and his new open doors that God has opened. And we're 100% behind Tim Delina as on May the 10th, he takes over the senior pastorship of Times Square Church. And one of the biggest things that Pastor Carter said, and it also lets me know that they've probably got a lot of stuff lined up already for Pastor Carter, is that he doesn't feel he can do the the senior pastor role the 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 justice that it deserves he can't give it the attention that it should be given and answer god's call for his next season in life and one thing that's more important than anything else man is that when god calls we say yes and so we take that step of faith and we go and we follow the holy spirit and we do what God wants us to do in life. And that's what Pastor Carter's doing. And he's always been a tremendous example to me. And he's been an encouragement to me. He's been a corrector through his... Some of the messages Pastor has preached has brought correction to my life that I've desperately needed. Other messages brings tremendous encouragement and tremendous uh, wisdom as to how to deal with ministry and things like that. So... We'll leave that right there. That's all we're going to say about that for right now. But we, yes, for those of you who are wondering, we're going to support both men fully to the best of our capability as to what God is doing uh, in these next seasons of their lives. And we're excited. I believe there's going to be a tremendous revival that will come out of this from both men's outreaches, uh, Carter and Tim. And it's just going to converge into a huge revival in these last days, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm excited. I can't wait. And as I said, I want to thank both of these men and the entire church at Times Square for being so faithful over all these many years to just care about the body of Christ and to care about local pastors and to to try to minister to their hearts the things that the Holy Spirit needs them to know and realize and to deal with the uh, situations of ministry that come up. And so uh, we'll never stop supporting anything that any of them do. That's just, they mean a lot to us. We love you and we are so grateful for your faithfulness. So as we get ready now to move on into today's uh, message, uh, again, let, re let me remind you that uh, Angie and I are out full-time uh, speaking at prayer meetings, holding revivals in local churches, uh, helping people to set up prayer meetings so that they can pray for their pastors and they can pray for revival and they can pray for America from the altars in the churches. Oh, how I'd love to see America run to the altars again. Praise God. That's in my heart so deeply. I've learned a lot as I've studied the history of my family. And I'm not going to go into a great detail here, but I will say this. From the early 1700s, until the mid-1800s, there were at least 19 Paxtons that were preachers. Now, many of them were Presbyterians, but Presbyterianism back then is not at all what Presbyterian is today. Sadly, today it's a modernist church. It's a, 
it's a compromising church. But back in the first Great Awakening in the 1700s, Presbyterianism was on fire for God, and they held revivals and, and miracles took place. I mean, it was just tremendous. And I've learned as I've studied the lives of my family members that were involved in that time frame in the First Great Awakening, I've learned that their prayers are so powerful that they're still being answered today. And that's a, a, a big reason why I want to encourage you to just learn to pray and meditate on it and then pray because we need that in this time as maybe never before in the history of America. So now without any any further, there are other announcements I could make, but without any more delay, I think we'll just go into the message. I do, I do want to remind you though, uh, we are praying about, as I, I said in another, I either said it earlier here today or I said it uh, last time, that we are praying about adding another day to the uh, uploads to the podcast because we're getting so, so much playtime right now that we want to include these subjects as quickly as possible. <clears throat> Doing one a week, it, it means basically you can do 54 uh, messages a year. And... Uh, then when we're on the road, sometimes on Fridays, there is no upload. That will not change at this time as we don't have anybody here to, to do it when we're both on the road together. Sometimes I'm on the road and Angie stays home, then she can upload it. But uh, a lot of times we are together. And a lot of times, uh, you know, we'll get out of here on a Friday even for the weekend stuff, so she comes with me a day early, and, and it's it's not easy to keep up with the Fridays. So out of the 54, you know, maybe we put up about uh, you know, 40 new messages a year, 40, 42, something like that. So if we up this, uh, we're praying about it. I, I believe God is speaking to me about Tuesdays, so that it, when we get there, it's not time to do that yet, but when it comes... It'll be every Tuesday and every Friday will be a new podcast. And um, these are good things. Change, you have to understand, change is never, uh, it's always scary, but it's never bad if it's of God. And so there's going to be some changes coming in our ministry uh, after next year. Next year, uh, 2021, I will be celebrating 40 years in the ministry. And um, once 2022 rolls around, and I'm not released to talk about all of these changes yet, but there will be some changes. And uh, one thing we're going to do is consolidate our revivals a little bit. Uh, I'm probably going to make a 25% cut in the amount of travel that I do, but 25%, it seems like a lot, but it's really not going to be. And what we will do is we will be out longer the times that we're out, and we'll put several stops together. And then with the, with the time that that frees up, uh, God has given me some instructions. And I, I'll talk about it when the time comes. Uh, he's, he's got me involved in 
a lot of things where prayer meetings are concerned and different things of this nature. And it's amazing to me how, with what just happened with, with Pastor Carter, how close, and perhaps it is because we've identified with them for a long, long time, but God is shifting some of my priorities that I didn't see coming as well. And so that prayer, when we, basically when we have a prayer meeting, I will speak uh, probably anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and then we, I will give some instruction uh, that the Lord brings out at that time, and then we will pray. And I also encourage and instruct others how to uh, get their church a prayer group started that will be honoring to their pastor and that will also be productive in seeing answers to those prayers. So some of this is what I'm going to be working on as well. And, and we just are, we're just excited. And this, these are all good things. Uh, again, let me emphasize 25% is really not that much. It's a quarter. And so, again, if you're basing that on 50, say I go out 50 times a year right now, I will go out 25% less. And 25% of, of that 50 is like 12 times less is all. And some of the things that we do when we're not on the road right now, we're going to continue and we're going to see them enlarge, which is, number one, getting every person who goes into the prison system a Bible and following up and following up with chaplains and providing literature and all of these different things. So hopefully we can see God change some of these people's lives. Because there's a lot of good people in prison who have just made mistakes, you know. And there's some that are not going to change, but there's others that do. And we want to be there for them. And also, the elderly and the shut-in, uh, we want to develop some programming that we can, you know, mail to them free of charge so that they can continue to, so that they can feel like that they've still got a purpose. As long as you live, you've got a purpose even if that purpose is just to pray for your grandchildren and write them letters and put some scripture verses in it and, and leave them a journal or whatever. So all of these things are going to, we do them now on a certain level, but they will increase uh, over, you know, they, they will increase exponentially when the time comes. And I'm only going to go out like 12 times a year or less to start. And then as I get older, you know, we'll make another little cut to the travel, but we will increase everything else we're doing. And we have people in the prisons that we work with that I only need to pick up the phone and say, hey, man, I'm, I, I raised the funds through my partners and, and through events that are local to send you another 300 Bibles so you can expect them in a week. You know, and um, on and on it goes. One thing local that we're going to be getting involved in uh, this year, which I hope it will develop into a yearly thing, is it's called Christmas on the Streets, and we will be ministering to the homeless uh, on the streets here in Traverse City, Michigan, and there's more homeless here than you might realize. So all of this is coming up. We also minister to the homeless in San Diego, California, 
and in other places as well. So uh, not much is going to change, but yet it will be a change and it will be exponential over the years uh, as we get older. But uh, I thank you, every one of you who have stuck with us. I take a pretty black and white view on a lot of issues and uh, I stand by those. And sometimes it's just not easy to hear. <laughs> but I, many of my partners have been with us for over 20 years. And I am just so humbled at that. I appreciate it with all my heart. Let me mention another thing, and then we'll go into the message today. Um, recently, the children, and I, and I want to say thank you to the children of Don and Diane Springstead, who were valuable partners to our ministry for years. They are both passed away now. But a few days ago, their children came to see us and just gave a tremendous offering in honor of their mom and dad. And to hear them tell how their mom and dad felt about us, you know, I, I couldn't help it. I lost it. I just began to cry. And, and um, it's just I'm so amazed how God could take my life and, and use it to make a difference in anybody's, to be honest with you. But he does, and we're thankful for that, and we're humbled by that. And through that offering, it was a tremendous amount of money, but that's not the point. I'm thankful for all my partners, whatever they can afford to sow into this ministry. But we did upgrade our cameras, and we, upgra we upgraded our angle uh, uh, tripods, so we have different angles that we can begin to shoot uh, with the cameras and uh, we got some uh, studio backdrops and some lighting and we're just about ready when the next step comes for that studio we are just about ready to put her together and so please be This is Brother Paxton, and we are going to be bringing you some programs here uh, for the next few weeks on the telecast that we taped anywhere between 8 and 10 years ago. And it's my heart and my hope for you that they will bless you once again. The truths of the Word of God are timeless truths, and the same anointing that was on it then will be on it now. We're going to have nuggets on healing. We're going to have some proclamations that we made out west. Uh, back in 2009, etc., and so forth. So I pray that you'll continue to tune into the telecast. Just a few short weeks, blast from the past in Jesus' name. This is Brother Paxton. Come on now, let's watch the telecast together. God bless you. Bye bye. Praise the Lord and welcome to the Len Paxton teaching series again this week. As always, it's a privilege. 
to come into your hearts and homes with the Word of Almighty God. Now this week, we're going to talk a little bit about the Jewish people in Bible prophecy. Now, if you're anti-Semitic, you probably hate Bible prophecy because it's a prophetic word that is clear in the Bible that God has a deep and abiding love for the Jewish people. The scripture reveals the Jewish people as the apple of God's eye, Zechariah 2 and 8. Their land is described as holy, Zechariah 2 12. The city of Jerusalem is termed the center of the nations, Ezekiel 5 5. They are pictured, the Jewish people are pictured as the wayward wife of God. See Ezekiel 16 and the entire book of Hosea. You're starting to see that there are numerous, innumerable, innumerable Bible references to the fact that God has a deep and abiding love for the Jewish people. The Bible makes it clear that the Jewish people will both be the object of God's wrath, Jeremiah 30, verse 7, and His grace, Zechariah 13 and 1, in the end times. The panorama of prophecy as it relates to, to the Jewish people is breathtaking to say the least. It applies to the past, the present, and the future. It demonstrates God's love. It demonstrates God's grace as nothing else does. You know, someone uh, was talking the other day on the book of Revelation, and I happened to be listening uh, to the telecast, and they said that every major Bible doctrine can be found in the prophetic portions of Scripture. And I began to look at that and discover that it really is the truth. When you look at the Jewish people in Bible prophecy, you see God's love and grace as nothing else except the cross portrays it. Let me say that again. When you look at the Jewish people in the whole of Bible prophecy, you see God's great love and grace as nothing else except the cross portrays it. Praise God. Paul, the great apostle, was so overwhelmed by God's patient determination to bring a remnant of Jews to salvation that he cried out in ecstasy, Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments, and unfathomable His ways. And you can read Romans 11.33. Let's look at some of these prophecies, beginning with several... Uh, that have already been fulfilled. First of all, we see dispersion is a fulfilled prophecy. The Jews were warned repeatedly that they would be dispersed worldwide if they were not faithful to their covenant with Almighty God. Consider these words from Moses. The Lord will scatter you among all the peoples from one end of the earth to the other. Deuteronomy 28.64 and Leviticus 26.33. Then we see that the fulfilled prophecy of persecution. The Lord also warned the Jewish people that they would be persecuted wherever they went. And that has happened throughout all of history, sadly to say. Again, the words of Moses are graphic in this point. Among those nations you shall find no rest, and there shall be no resting place for the sole of your foot. But there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing of eyes, 
and despair of soul. Deuteronomy 28, 65. The third fulfilled prophecy that we see is that of desolation. God promised that after the dispersion, their land would become desolate and their cities would become waste. Leviticus 26, 33. Moses put it more graphically when he said the foreigner who comes from a distant land will say, all its land is brimstone and salt. That's all we see here, a burning waste, unsown, unproductive, and no grass grows in it. Deuteronomy 29, verses 22 and 23. And finally, we see throughout all of time, throughout all of history, beloved, we see God's preservation of the people of Israel. God's hand has always been upon Israel. God's hand is upon Israel now. And God's hand will be upon Israel even in the future. Praise the Lord for it. And so I'm just excited to tell you today that God loves the Jewish people. Praise the Lord. Yes, He does. Uh, God, in His marvelous grace, promised He would preserve the Jews as a separate people during their worldwide wanderings. See Isaiah 66, 22. See Jeremiah 30, verse 11, 31, verses 35 through 37. Isaiah puts it in a very colorful way. He says the Lord could no more forget Israel than a mother could forget her nursing child. You think of it. Praise God. God has not forgotten the Jewish people. God has not forgotten Israel. Isaiah then adds that God cannot forget Israel because He has tattooed them on the palm of His hand. He has engraved them on the palm of His hand, the Bible says. Isaiah 49.16 Now, God has fulfilled all four of these prophecies during the past 2,000 years. In 70 A.D., the Romans destroyed the entire city of Jerusalem and took the Jewish nation into captivity, desolating the land and scattering the Jewish people across the face of the earth. As prophesied in the Bible, everywhere they went, they were persecuted, with their persecution culminating in the Nazi Holocaust of World War II. But God preserved the Jews, and the fulfillment of this prophecy has been one of the most remarkable miracles in history. No other people have been so dispersed and yet able to retain their identity as a nation. Now let's look at some current prophecies that are taking place in our world right now today, even as we speak. We're privileged, beloved, to live in a time when God is fulfilling many prophecies to the Jews. What a testimony this is to the fact that God is alive and well. God is on His throne. God is in control, hallelujah, and God is faithful to His promises. The first one we want to take a, a quick look at is the regathering of the people. The Old Testament prophets promise repeatedly that the day will come when God will regather the Jews to the land of Israel. Isaiah 11, verses 10 and 12. Ezekiel 36, 
verses 22 through 28. Uh, this remarkable regathering of the Jews from the four corners of the earth has occurred in our lifetime, beloved. World War I prepared the land for the people as the control of Palestine at that time was transferred from a nation that hated the Jews, the Turks, to a nation that was sympathetic to their return, Britain. The Holocaust of World War II prepared the people for the land by motivating them to return. So you see we have two time frames there. In World War I, the land um, was prepared for the people. In World War II, the people was prepared for the land. And of course, you know in 1948, uh, the state of Israel was reestablished. And uh, this was a prophetic event that has been foretold in the scriptures for over uh, 400 years. Uh, the, re the reclaiming of the land is another prophecy. God promised that with the reestablishment of the nation, the land would bloom again. Look at Isaiah 35, verses 1 through 7. Joel chapter 2, verses 21 through 26. As Ezekiel put it, people would one day exclaim, the desolate land has become like the Garden of Eden. Praise God, Ezekiel 36, 35. And this is exactly what people exclaim today when they visit Israel. Once again, it's a land of milk and honey. Over 300 million trees were planted during the 20th century. Rainfall during that century increased 450%. God knew that this was his time frame, so he put it in the people's hearts to plant the trees, and he sent the rain to encourage their growth. Praise God. We serve a wonderful Lord. We serve a mighty God. Hallelujah. Yes, we do. Uh, the former malaria-infested swamps have been converted into cultivated land. The Jews are growing crops today that go all over the globe and feeding people. Uh, water from the Sea of Galilee has been channeled to the deserts, causing them to bloom. The fourth current prophecy that we see in our world today being uh, fulfilled as it regards to the Jewish people is the revival of their language. The revival of the language. When the Jews were scattered worldwide in the first century, they ceased speaking the Hebrew language. Uh, the, the Jewish people who settled in Europe developed a language called Yiddish, which is a combination of Hebrew and German. The Jews in the Mediterranean basin mixed Hebrew with Spanish to produce a language called Ladino. The prophet Zephaniah implied a time would come when the Hebrew language would be revived. Zephaniah 3.9. It has been. Today, the Israelis speak biblical Hebrew. It is the only example in all of history of the resurrection of a dead language. Praise God. The man that God used to revive the language was Eliezer, Eliezer ben Yehuda. Uh, he lived from 1858 to the year 1922. Praise God. Another prophecy that's currently taking place is the reoccupation of Jerusalem. And when I say currently, I'm talking in our century, in our lifetime, uh, uh, 
from the early 1900s until now. Uh, the Jesus said that one of the surest signs of his imminent return would be the reoccupation of Jerusalem by the Jews. Praise God. Uh, Luke 21, verse 24. This occurred during the Six-Day War in June of 1967. Yeah, the sixth prophecy that we see now being fulfilled is the resurgence of military strength. The resurgence of military strength. Zechariah prophesied that when the Jews were reestablished in the land, their military strength would be overwhelming. Like a flaming torch among sheaves, they would consume all the peoples around them. Zechariah 12.6 Nothing needs to be said further about the fulfillment of this prophecy. The seventh thing that we see uh, in our lifetime that's being fulfilled is the refocusing of world politics. And this is really big right now. This is going to be even bigger uh, when we see the results of this 2008 American election. But the the refocusing of world politics, the reforming of alliances, and all of these things is biblically foretold, not just for Israel, but for all of the nations of the world. Um, well, I don't want to go too far ahead of myself in this. Perhaps we will do a program in the future on it, but there's going to come a Muslim alliance in the future that will engage themselves in the war of Ezekiel 38 and 39. They will go down, they will be led by Russia, they will go down, they will attack the land of Israel, and the Bible tells us they will be defeated. The book of Ezekiel, God has said that five-sixths of that Arab coalition will be destroyed there in the land of Israel. Praise God as we see the Bible prophecy unfolding before our very eyes today on your television set the nightly news, you can see it. So we're living in exciting times. We're dealing here in this study with prophecies that pertain to the Jewish people. Um, let's look now at some future prophecies. Uh, we've witnessed ancient promises to the Jewish people being fulfilled before our very eyes today. We are assured that God will one day fulfill all the remaining prophecies concerning the fate of Israel. The first one we want to talk about is tribulation. Tribulation. Future prophecies. Number one, tribulation. God will put the Jewish people through an unparalleled period of tribulation. Deuteronomy 4 and 30. During which two-thirds of the Jewish people will perish. Zechariah 13, 8 and 9. The purpose will be, beloved, for this to soften the hearts of a remnant so they will accept Jesus as their Messiah. The second future prophecy we see is salvation. At the end of the tribulation, a remnant of Jews will look upon Him whom they have pierced, hallelujah, and will accept Him as Lord and Savior. Zechariah 12 and 10, Romans 11, 1 through 6, and 25 through 29. Uh, on that glorious day, the Bible says a fountain of salvation will be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for impurity. Praise God. Zechariah 13, verse 1. And finally, they will be the prime nation in all of the world 
in God's future kingdom. At the second coming of Jesus, God will regather all the believing Jews to Israel where they will be established as the prime nation in the world during the millennium. Look at Deuteronomy 28.1, uh, also verse 13, 2 Samuel 7 verse 9, Isaiah chapters 60 through chapter 62, and Micah chapter 4 verses 1 through 7. God's blessings to the world, God's blessings to the world will once again at that time during the millennium flow through the Jewish people. I want you to understand today, when a Jew walks by in that day, ten Gentiles will grab his robe and say, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Zechariah 8, 23. Praise God. These prophecies, beloved, concerning present day Israel uh, and the glorious future that God has planned for Israel, make it clear to us that God has not washed His hands of the Jewish people as many Christian denominations claim today. There's a lot, there's a lot of anti-Semitism in the Christian church of today and it stinks in the nostrils of God. Now I want you to know, a true Christian will love the Jew. A true Christian will understand the end-time purpose that God has for the Jewish people. And we will pray for the peace of Jerusalem. One of the most pernicious doctrines that has infested the church since about 400 A.D. is, the, is a doctrine called replacement theology. It contends that since and when the Jews rejected Jesus, God cast them aside permanently and replaced them with the church. In the process, he transferred to the church all the blessings that had been promised to Israel. This doctrine, replacement theology, directly contradicts the Old Testament prophecies that concern the future of Israel. It also violates the clear teaching of the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans. For example, in Romans 3, verses 1 through 4, Paul presents us with a rhetorical question for thoughtful consideration. He asked, Has God rejected His people because of their unbelief? For almost 2,000 years, the church has answered this question, yes. But Paul answers, May it never be. Or God forbid, the apostle said. Again, in chapter 11, Paul asked, Has God rejected His people? And once again, he answers his own question by asserting, God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Praise God. Paul then proceeds to affirm the Old Testament promise that a great remnant of Jews will be saved in the end times. Romans 11, 25-33 and Romans 9, 27. God set the Jews aside and put them under discipline because of their disobedience. But He did not, God did not cut them off from His grace. Now please understand that. Please grab a hold of that today. God set them aside for a time, put them under discipline because of their disobedience, but He did not cut them off from His 
grace, and I'm so glad. He intends to bring his wayward wife home. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Let's read Hosea here, uh, chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. For the sons of Israel will remain for many days without a king or prince. Afterward, the sons of Israel will return and seek the Lord their God, and they will come trembling to the Lord and to His goodness in the last days. Hallelujah. The loving kindness and the faithfulness of God in keeping His promises to the Jewish people should be a source of encouragement to all Christians. Amen. We see God's character here. God treats us the same way. He is patient. He is long-suffering. He exhibits His loving kindness on our behalf. Yes, sometimes He must discipline us. That just proves that we're sons. Amen. But He never casts one away from His grace. Whether it's Israel, whether it's us. Amen. And amen. As we watch God fulfill promises which He made to the Jewish people thousands of years ago, we can be absolutely certain that He will be faithful. Hallelujah. Say, God is faithful. Right there where you are at. God is faithful to fulfill all the promises that He made to the Jewish people and that He made to the church. God is faithful to perform His word in your life and in mine. Praise God today. Amen. The Jewish people are witnesses of God's amazing grace. And the same grace is available to all of us, whether we be Gentiles or Jews. And let me deal with this subject very quickly as we close today. Someone would ask, well, Brother Paxton, then, do you believe in dual covenant theology? Do you believe that the Jewish people have a special covenant with God that automatically ensures their salvation without their acceptance of Jesus Christ? No. The Bible does not teach that. There is one way for all of mankind to be saved, and that way is Jesus Christ. And there's no other way. Jesus Christ is the only way to God. He's the only way to be saved. And there is no other way. Now, you know, listen to me, modernist. There is no other way. Listen to me, purveyors of the politically correct doctrine. There is only one way to be saved, Jesus Christ. But God has not forever permanently replaced the Jews. God's purpose is to lead them to Jesus Christ. To lead them to their Messiah. Jesus came and proclaimed Himself as the Jewish Messiah. And God has been working for 2,000 years, hallelujah, to lead the Jews to their Messiah. And when He does, and when they return, and when they repent and come to Christ, they will be saved. Because Jesus Christ is our only hope. He's the only hope for Israel. He's the only hope for America. He's the only hope for the world. Father, thank you for this few moments with my friends tonight. 
Lord God, take your word and drive it to our hearts like arrows of deliverance. Cause us to pray. Oh God, for the peace of Jerusalem, cause us to lift up the name of Jesus Christ wherever we go. Father, help us. Anoint us to take the gospel to the religions of the world, and especially to our Jewish friends. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Why don't you write to us this week? I'd love to hear from you. Write to uh, Len Paxton, Acts 2618 Ministries, Post Office Box 5714, that's 5714, in Traverse City, Michigan, 49696. That zip code again is 49696. We've had to hurry uh, to get all of this material into one program so that we can move on to an additional subject next week. We pray that this program has been a blessing to you and, and informative uh, as it regards the prophecies that God has made to the Jewish people. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, God is going to bring all of Israel home. Praise God. And Jesus Christ is soon to return. Amen. And I'm looking forward to that day. So until the next time that you and I can gather around the Word of God together, this is Evangelist Len Paxton saying, Go with God, and He will go with you. Bless you now is my sincere prayer for your life. I'm standing here near this mural of Billy Sunday. We're in the museum of the old Billy Sunday Tabernacle. And uh, I wanted to read another verse of scripture about the blood because you see, I have imagination. And when I see Billy here just to preach it, and in a moment I'm going to take you down here and show you him praying for the sick and some other different things that they have. It's really cool. But it reminds me of the blood of Jesus, the sweet sacrifice of the Lamb of God that saved us from our sins and how wonderful it is to be a Christian. You know, there's a lot of people in America today that are ashamed of Christianity. Well, I want to tell you, I'm not one of those, okay? I think it's so precious what Jesus did for us. The Bible says, God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Glory to God. That just, that thrills my heart right there. I get shouting happy just thinking I was a dirty old sinner. That's all I was. But Jesus died for me. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Praise God. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Think about that. Think about that, neighbor. You were brought into relationship with God. You were reconciled once you were an estranged person. Uh, estranged from God because of sin and wickedness and disobedience. But you've been reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Hallelujah to God forever. That's Romans 5, verses 8 through 10. Angie, come right on over here. Let's look at some of these pictures. This is awesome. This is Billy Sunday. Here they are. Here he is hamming it up on a Hollywood set. There's Billy Sunday in Hollywood, praise God. Playing a little golf there. This is the one I like. Praying for a precious sick person. He was a giant for God. And they say that watching Billy Sunday preach was very exciting. And he made use of his athletic abilities. You know, he used to be a baseball player. And uh, 
he would run up and down the aisles and slide across the platform like he was scoring at home plate. Praise God. He just, God used him in such a great way. And there he is just getting ready to lay it on the line for Jesus.